I'm so excited to have this conversation. Chantel Boita, um, the dragonfly. Um, where do I even start? Like I said, I've been trying to go through um, your LinkedIn profile and everything is just packed with inspiration. I mean, how we met is, <laughs> as I said, I've got a, a bad habit of stalking people. And when uh, you mentioned that you're on a drive to capture people's stories, that for me was, I was like, I'm very interested in this because there's something that connects people when they search for people's story. And when I read up about you and from our first conversation, I was like, wow, man, it's like speaking to someone in the mirror. So first of all, thank you so much for taking the time. It is an honor and it's a privilege to uh, discuss and unpack the story of Chantal Boita. I'm sure it's going to be packed full of inspiration. First of all, how are you doing? Thanks, Ryan. I'm very well, thank you. The year's got off to a little bit of a wobbly start, but it doesn't take much to keep me down for very long. So you know what? I'm really optimistic. And like you said, when we started this call, always winning, friend, always winning. Yeah, it's the <laughs> mindset of it, man, the mindset of champions. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. So take me take me back. I think the first thing where I would want to uh, get the conversation going is the concept of Dragonfly. First of all, why are the name Dragonfly? And take me back to October 2019 when the the ball started rolling for Dragonfly. I know that you've had a career in recruitment and corporate, but leading up to obviously becoming a business owner, mm -hmm. that journey itself must have been quite daunting. So where did the con uh, conception of Dragonfly, or where did the name first of all come across? Okay, so we'll probably get into a little bit more about my story, but it wasn't just a aha moment at that point in time in October 2019, right? Um, so I've led a life full of change, full of change. There has been change, good change, bad change, horrible change, nasty change, exciting change, but it's all been change. And I think change is the one thing that defines me. My family used to joke that my hair is always different colors. Not much has changed. Well, it is. I I'm... mean, from, from our conversation <laughs> in December. <laughs> exactly, right? So I am the epitome of change, right? My whole life has been a life of change. And a couple of years ago, I started reading up. I don't know how I initially came across this dragonfly symbolism, right? But I started noticing and seeing that the dragonfly in many cultures across the world is emblematic or symbolic of change but not just any change, change in the perspective of self-realization, self-actualization. So it talks about that self-awareness, internalizing the change you've experienced, the change you've been perhaps as a victim of, or, you know, out of your control. And it's internalizing that change and using that to drive towards your full potential. So I loved this concept so much. Long before the business of Dragonfly was even a a thing in my mind right i got my first tattoo when i was 40 years old here it is there's the dragonfly <laughs> because i just embraced the symbolism and then when i started the business i started it as wait for the mouthful ryan Chantel Boerta, recruitment strategist and coach because i was like that's so clever <laughs> in hindsight i'm like no that was a mouthful that was not clever yeah so I, I rebranded probably about a year, 18 months ago, I rebranded as Dragonfly because everything I do is designed to inspire change, to get people to move into that dynamic of change that's going to bring that self-actualization, to start moving through that self-awareness in terms of what's happening in my life. How do I take, what do I take out of it? How do I learn from it? How do I grow through it? And then how do I become the best version of myself? So that is probably the best definition of my business. Damn. Yeah, that's like so. It's well said. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Man, one, one day I can I hope I can have a pitch like that. And when you when you decided to when and when you decided to leave corporate, and obviously venture out on yourself uh, by yourself, what was the feelings like that? What was the feeling? Because obviously you'd had a life of corporate where it's you know you're working under for someone else. There's that security, and all of a sudden you've got to go and do it yourself. Was that also quite a journey for yourself? Totally. Absolutely. Were you nervous? So, very, very. So let me explain to you. <laughs> and I think this business, this time I launched, and I talk about this time because I've got several failed businesses under my belt already. So over the years, I identified Chantel's a bit of a rebel, right? Chantel's a bit of a fly by the seat of her pants. I was born to be an entrepreneur. That's just who I am. So I kept trying all these different businesses. And for one reason or another, they didn't work out. So coming up towards 2019, um, 
look, career was going well. I'd had great experience in corporate. I'd just left a stint um, where I was managing a campus in Stellenbosch. And at the time, it was my dream job. It was absolutely incredible. Um, then what happened is my appendix burst. But it was like a nasty burst. It wasn't just like a little cut this big. They kind of T-boned me and all sorts oh, wow. of it was nasty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened is, and this was when I was at the height of my career managing the campus, is I decided to tell you have to have a job where you need to slow down a little bit. So I moved back into recruitment. You know, if you're looking at my CV, it looks like a demotion. It really looks like, and it was a demotion, obviously, because I just wanted that time to breathe. I could barely walk. I, it took a long time. It took me about six months to, to really just build up my strength. So A, I needed a job fast and B, I needed a, a more relaxed or a sedator kind of, if that's even a word, sedator. Mm. So I went back into recruitment. Those 18 months that I spent in recruitment was probably the most difficult point of my career. Um, it was a very, very difficult culture. Um, I'm not going to say too much because this is public, but it was incredibly challenging to the mm. extent that I was often in tears. Yeah. So for those 18 months, I often came home from work and I just cried because I was made to feel so worthless. I was made to question my self-worth. I was made to question my ability and it was just an incredibly challenging environment. During this time, but now not so much in recruitment, for probably the last 10 years, I had really started this inner work, this, this self-actualization. I'd quit drugs about 10 years ago, and I'd really started working on myself and asking myself the big questions. Who are you, Chantal? Mm. And where, you sorry, Chantal, where did, where, did that, where did that start for you, for you to start that journey to say, well, you're obviously going through a, a, this this turbulent time where there's mixed emotions there's self-doubt there's like it's a really dark place where do you do you remember the, the moment that you actually said to yourself like i need to change i need to head in a different direction absolutely it was two defining moments for me so we're kind of going into stories within stories here which is cool <laughs> <laughs> Down those rabbit holes, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so I had two really big defining moments. Um, the first one was when my 13-year-old found my drugs in my cupboard. And he came to me and he said, Mom, what's this? What's going on? Ryan, that was my heart stop moment. That was my, I think, rock bottom. That was my least proud, most shameful moment in my entire life. And that was oh. the, the moment where I thought... How can I do this to my son? I've been a single mom to him. Uh, how, how can he have the drug talk with his mother? Mm. That's just disgusting. So so for me, that was the, the moment where I decided I'm going to pull myself out of this hole and I'm really going to start fixing my life. But what they don't tell you, and this is what I tell my clients often, when you make a decision to change your life, very often things get worse before they get better. Mm. So what happened is all my bad decisions caught up with me and as I was building, you know, I was coming clean, I was building my life again, looking for, you know, just coming straight, right? I lost my house. I lost my car. My dogs died. We lost everything. Ryan, we had nothing. We came down to literally, Carl and I had a backpack each of clothes on our back. We had nothing. We lost friends. We lost family. We lost support systems. We lost everything. And at the time, my dad was my biggest emotional support. He was in Zambia. And the plan was, dad had said to me, you know what, he's starting this philanthropic sort of fish farm, fish farm, and, you know, he was going to export stuff to, to Europe. And he said to me, Sean, he said, come up to Zambia, bring Carl, we'll get him into a school up here, and you can handle the export market, you know, from a sales perspective. So I said, great. So what I hadn't lost by that point in time, which wasn't a lot, a little bit of furniture here and there, I got rid of, because, of course, we're going to Zambia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then I was having a big chat with my dad on the phone one day. It was around November of, I think, 2011. And I was saying I had a massive pity party. I said to him, Dad, why me? What have I done to deserve all the shit that is yeah. coming my way? Because I just felt like there was just this avalanche. And I know it was bad decisions, right? Mm. But it just caught up with me. And I had this pity party. And I said to him, why me, Dad? And you know what he said to me? He said, Sean stop asking why you and start asking what next mm. and that was the key that unlocked the next 10 years and that's where i started my journey into self-realization who are you what do you want where are yeah. you going 
Was that an interesting? Yeah, was yeah? How was that on journey unpacking? Because I mean, surely as well, it's also going through skeletons, and you're like, oh, hello. <laughs> Big time, big time. But now here's what I must tell you before I answer that question, right? My dad died a few days later from a massive heart attack. That was the last conversation I ever had with him. So so firstly, those words I've internalized massively because it was the last conversation. Mm. But secondly, the plan went belly up again. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I had to literally start from scratch because obviously there was no more going to Zambia. There was no more Kyle school in Zambia. Um, So I think to answer your question about the, the internalization process, where I really started in that low point is I realized I had to make reparation. And I started trying to make reparation as best I could. Obviously, I also had to earn an income. So I started my job search. Um, I put in practice the things that I'd learned in corporate, in sales, in recruitment. I started my job search. It was highly unsuccessful. It took me two years to find a damn job. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, (laughs) the point is, the strategy that I unpacked in those two years that's the strategy I teach today. And I tell people it doesn't need to take you two years. Mm. I've done the hard yards, right? So, so that kind of started leading me in the direction of my own business. Mm. And now to come full circle, to come right back to your question in terms of, was it scary when I started Dragonfly? Ryan, I was adamant, adamant. I will never have my own business again because I have failed so many times. I was adamant. I knew I wanted to coach, maybe training. Training was like second choice. And when I started searching, this was when I was working for the recruitment company. When I started searching, positioning my CV, accessing the hidden job market, putting myself out there, because I decided I'm not going to be self-employed, right? So someone's going to employ me either as a coach or a trainer. Now, here's the thing. The doors just slammed in my face. Everyone said to me, but you're not a coach. You're not a trainer. You've never had experience. I even applied for an internal position in the recruitment company for training. And I was told, you're not a trainer. You can't be a trainer. And here's the irony. I wanted to do what I wanted to do because it was my purpose. I felt my purpose is to be a coach. I'm put on this earth to inspire and to empower people. I knew I had to do it. And I wanted that more than the fear of opening my own business. Yeah. So yeah, Damn. I bit the bullet and I started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, because the fire inside of you uh, burnt brighter than the fire around you. You know, and you always speak about actioning it, and there's no better time than to start than today. But mm-hmm. is this also what you believe that people also don't really know what their passion is because they don't really know who they are? Yes, you've hit the nail exactly on the head. Ryan, we live in a society that is, there is a constant barrage of information coming at us. There's social media, there's emails, there's pings on your phone. There's uh, there's just this barrage of information, right? And what happens is, and this is what I realized in my journey of self-discovery, is I realized we've actually got to remove ourselves from that. And we've actually start, we've got to start getting to know who we are. Because if we don't know who we are, how can we possibly map a purpose out of that? Absolutely. And that was my 10 year journey, understanding who I am and understanding Mm. that I'm not defined by my past. I'm defined by the fire that burns within. Yeah. And And if you don't have a fire, you can't really define yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And here's the thing. We all have a fire, Absolutely, but we've stifled it. We've stifled it with the noise that surrounds us. And and we're just so addicted to this information, this barrage of information. Society is telling us how to think, how to act, what Mm. to wear, what to do, Mm. what job to have, who to marry, where to live. Stop. Stop. Mm. It's like creating the, it's like creating this world of paranoia, you know, that you're constantly in and you're trying to fill up. The, an expectation of society of others when you don't actually you know you're trying to get validation externally where you don't even, can't even validate yourself internally first and where for me my journey started with the platform to say you know what i like helping people there's nothing better mm-hmm. for me than helping someone go from a position they are now to a position they're going to be better on well better off on and at the Absolutely. end of the day to me it was just that that ability just to reach out and help people and uh, i didn't really know how things were going to unfold uh, but it was also like mm. i would just w- woke up every morning saying that 
if I can change the life of someone for the good um, today, then it's worth that fight. But it was a journey. Absolutely. It was a it was a scary journey as well. To be honest, that uh, that self reflection um, journey where you look yourself in the mirror. Yeah, I mean, come to terms with your weakness and your flaws, and that's it's, absolutely it's, it's character building, but it's also it's it's self development. That to me is something mm-hmm. that I've learned as well. But people have to go through that journey, and it's going to be absolutely. uncomfortable, but you will come out. It is. Yeah. It is. So, so you know what? On that subject, let me share a little something that happened last year. Now, bear in mind, I've been on this self discovery journey, this mindset journey, whatever you want to call it, for the last ten years, right? And I'm a a fairly competent meditator. I've been meditating for some years. And at some point in last year, and now I've never had this happen to me in meditation. You know, when you hear an audible voice, we've heard all the gurus talking about mm. this. There's this this voice <laughs> that pervades your meditation, right? Yeah. Is it God? Is it me? What, what, what's going on here? <laughs> but I've heard this voice, Ryan, and I knew this voice was me. And you know what the voice said? I hate you. And, you know, it scared me so much. I stopped meditating immediately because I thought, I don't want to hear that shit anymore. Mm. No, I'm good. And again, and this is a very recent journey. I mean, this is less than a year that I've been on this particular journey. And again, what I started doing is I started looking at my life, the things that I've done, and I started realizing I do hate myself. I've never made peace with myself. I've never yeah. forgiven myself. I talk a lot about forgiving people and making reparation, and I've done that. But I had never forgiven myself for the things that I put myself through. And I've put myself through some horrible things. I've done some nasty things to myself. And self-sabotage. So self-sabotage. Absolutely. 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 So interestingly enough, I think within that same week, a friend of mine sent me an expert, an excerpt from Kamal Ravikant's book, Love Yourself as Though Your Life Depends on It. And of course, I devoured the book and I immediately started putting the practice in place. I love myself. I love myself. I do a lot of mirror work. I, I, I meditate through I love myself when I go for my morning run every step. I love myself. You know, that's how we do it. So I'm absolutely committed. And I know it sounds awkward, but I'm absolutely committed to forgiving myself and to mm. learning to love myself. Absolutely. Because how how can I? I mean, my passion is to change people's lives, to touch mm. people's lives. And how can I do that? How can I give that love if I don't feel that love for myself? Yeah. How can you empower others when you can't even empower yourself? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, I, I agree hundred I agree hundred percent with you because even one of the ladies that I interviewed last year as well, Chandra Lottering, who come from a, a life mm-hmm. full of trauma as well, she said it all mm-hmm. changed for her the day she said, I love myself. And I was like, wow. That's, that's powerful. amazing. But powerful. it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a mindset. It shows you how powerful the mind can actually be. It can be Absolutely. it can be either something destructive or it can be something that can be constructive, if that makes sense. Absolutely 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 and you know i see it all the time with my clients i mean i coach clients and i always say to them if you're struggling with confidence the best place to start is to start loving yourself right so do the mirror work and many of those clients cannot look in the mirror and they cannot make eye contact with themselves and they cannot say i love myself Mm. and that's indescribably sad we've got to get to that point where we get past that barrier but i mean is that almost to a point where it's like traumatic Because there I would be, there, there be. would be some, there would be some sort of trauma, or there would be some sort of bond yes. that they can't look at themselves to a point where it's either it's too shameful, or it's too traumatic, or it just puts Absolutely. them, it, it makes them feel not really in control. And I think that's what it, what it comes down to. So, it must be, a, it must be a very difficult place. It is a difficult place, and I can say this because I've just walked that journey. I'm still walking that journey. It is a difficult place. But again, I come back to I want what's on the other side of that pain. Mm. No matter how hard it is to look at myself in the mirror and to see myself, to see everything I've done, to see everything, to see who I am fully, fully. It's hard. It's really hard. Mm. But I've got to release. I've got to forgive myself because I want what's on the other side far more than I want the challenge of what I'm experiencing. Do you find that also the your drug use was to try and was also part of the self-sabotage, but not really understand, trying to find validation or, or finding some sort of belongingness in this world? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You know, I was in a part. I was. Uh, Sorry, yeah. The reason why it I is. say it is that I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to become quite a good psychologist. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I was on a podcast in December, and the chap asked me, "Why did you do the drugs? Why mm. did?" And you know, no one's ever asked me that before, and I kind of thought, "Hmm, a good question." Mm. And the only way I can answer it is there was a hole inside me. There was something I was looking for. I didn't realize, and I can look back now and say, I know I was looking for my purpose. I was looking to unlock that key. I was looking mm. to find that place that I belong in the world. But at the time, there was a hole inside me. Yeah, I was just after the next big thing, and of course, being a bit of an adrenaline junkie, of course, drugs. And a change you know, agent. It's all exciting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, because crazy. also people, people, are, people do have those holes in as we speak now mm. and the thing is that we mm. we tend to judge people and we tend to say oh well you know what why are they doing this but not understanding that people they're trying to find validation they're trying to find belongingness and they're trying to find some That's sort it. of self-worth in today's time and a part That's of it. you know the journey that i like to chat to people about and part of what i do as well is that i'm a white canvas on anything on, on my past i'll be the first to talk about my anxiety my depression my self-doubt mm. my you know and I look at it now That's that it. that you if I hadn't gone through that journey I wouldn't be able to relate to people I wouldn't be able to open up I wouldn't yes. be able to share experiences you know uh, on on the type of conversation so surely for you as well when you coach and you are with a client and you see hey they they're going down this road hey I've been down that road I can open up Absolutely. and I can conform or I can comfort them because of that experience. So out of all the trauma that's happened, out of all the destruction or personal destruction, there's definitely beauty that's come through it. You're 100% right. And you know, again, when I was preparing for this podcast this morning, I thought one thing that I want to really get across in this message is, yes, my life has been destructive. It's been full of lots of disaster, lots of change, lots of disaster, right? But I'm not defined by my past. Mm. And so many people will hold on to, and I mean, I, I, I can I can empathize of course with people who've walked the drug journey but I can also empathize with people who've been retrenched. Yeah. I can empathize with people who've lost their jobs because I've lost everything. I know how it feels. I know how terrifying it is. But we've got to use that. My life is full of lessons and those are the things that I needed before I could do what I'm doing today. So mm. I needed those lessons. I needed to go through the tough times yeah. because they're all keys to unlock where I'm going with my clients today. But it's a, it's a, it's fantastic because it's like a conditional mindset that you've learned as well. And I think it's something that we need to embrace in our daily lives is that look, it's going life is going to be challenging. I think that's the first mm. thing we've mm. got to accept is life is not going to be easier. You know, this this yeah. idea of perfection in this perfect world it does not exist. And that's understand it. that it's how you handle the situations whether it be traumatic whether it be it doesn't go according to plan you almost need to fall back as you said there on mm. that self-belief self-doubt yes i'm i'm stronger Correct. than i am stronger than this i can get through this absolutely. i know that there's going absolutely. to be sunshine at the end of this 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 thunderstorm absolutely but you know you raise an interesting point and i look back to how i raised my son and yes i made lots of mistakes granted right <laughs> But I think one thing that I did with Kyle and and today Kyle and I have got a very very close relationship and I'm incredibly grateful for that. But one thing that I did from the get go with Kyle whether this was right or wrong but it's I think it stood him in good stead is I said to him baby life is not fair. Baby life is hard. And what I did is I consciously raised him to be self-sufficient as early as possible. You know, I taught him how to run the house. I taught him how to cook. I taught him how to sew. I taught him I put him in boarding school for a stint so that he could learn to be a man because I was aware there was no man in our in our house or in our home environment, right? Um and I kept saying to him you're going to come up against tough times. How are you going to handle it? Mm. You know and I'm incredibly proud of him today. I mean he works on the cruise ships. He's a he's a he's a gallery director at the moment. He's going to become an auctioneer soon. Oh, he's awesome. doing so well. Yeah, absolutely. But I think and this is just my opinion, right? I know the haters are going to hate. But I think we're raising our children too soft. We're telling our children don't don't worry baby mommy's going to sort it out and we coddling our children mm. and we need to prepare our children that there are going to be some tough times ahead how you're going to get through them So if you look at it, if you look at 
where you are now as opposed to that moment before you left uh to go with your to go take your your, your son to your dad when you felt like, like everything was falling apart did you ever picture that you would be where you are now no not at all <laughs> so so you, you know you know those those i don't know if you remember those things on facebook those like um have you ever and it's like a little quiz you know have you ever mm. eaten prawns what was your dream what's your favorite color you know all of those stupid things right and you know what i love about facebook is these memories pop up mm. so this memory popped up of i think it was 2012 2014 thereabouts that sort of time and it said there what is your dream and i wrote there to be a life coach and help people and i was like oh, oh, that's awesome man <laughs> yeah absolutely so you know what the importance ryan of looking back to remind ourselves where we've come from because so often we look forward and we keep we we almost intimidated by the size of the goal in front of us and Absolutely, i've still got yeah. some really big dreams and we think but i'm so far from that goal yeah. you need to stop you need to turn back and you need to say but where have uh, i come from 100 yeah I look, at, look, at, look at where i am now i was so far from what i thought it was 10 years ago exactly exactly yeah. man and you know what's the key the key for me, I'm going to come back to dad's words, asking the question, what next? Mm. And incorporating those daily actions that's just going to shift things slightly, slightly, mm. you know? And, and, being, we and, under, and we undermine the power of those little actions. Yeah. And it's being consistent, I'm sure as well, that's it. you know, because that's it. it's one thing to have a long-term goal, but to break it down as well. I'm sure you've also <laughs> learned for how to take sort of daily tasks and say i've literally i'm not that's my long-term goal but how am i going to achieve it is is consciously i'm going to do it break it down into these goals and this is what i need to achieve today it's like the bite sizes but understanding that Absolutely. those bite sizes all all lead up to the big mm -hmm. the big meal if that makes sense absolutely so so what i've done this year and it's something i haven't done in previous years is i've taken my big goals and i've reduced them right down to monthly goals weekly mm. goals daily goals so and i've got checkers and trackers and all sorts of things <laughs> because it's the bite sizes that make the difference that's yeah. the end of the, the the day and and you know what you speak about consistency i'm just gonna have to level here i'm not the most consistent person mm. my personality is yeah something i struggle <laughs> with right so so i told you my personality is i'm a bit of a rebel bit of a fly by your seat or your pants kind of so i'm always chasing shiny objects what's mm. the next big new exciting thing and i've had to consciously learn to put that consistency in place and one mm. of the things that i said to myself this year is an 80 percent goal achievement is still a goal achievement Absolutely. because that's given me the freedom to maneuver within that cons those consistency parameters without feeling like i have to absolutely nail every single thing all mm. the time you know so wow. find what works for you yeah and then also realizing as well that your past failures have made conditioned you to the person that you are today because i know especially Correct. people get scared when they fail at one thing it's almost a doom and gloom but from someone that's walked i mean we've all made failures i mean i can also give you I'm a, i think i've also got my phd in getting things wrong but um <laughs> but you took that from me didn't you I love the phd <laughs> but um but, but understanding that people failure is part of the process and i mean if you look at it now yeah. you are who you are because of your failures absolutely absolutely and because of all the stupid things I did and because of all the mistakes I made, I am who I am because of that. Yeah. Damn, man. But, but again, I'm going to say that doesn't define me. My future defines me. So what lies ahead is the stuff that defines me. Who I am today and who I'm going to be defines me. That was foundational. So the stuff in the past was foundational to bring me to this place in this time to craft the future which is what defines me. Damn, you say it so well. <laughs> it's like almost scripted. Love it. Oh my goodness. Oh, man. It's not, I promise. No, that's like when you know it's from the heart. I was like, oh my goodness. I was there like, you that's, go. that's well, that's well said. What I, what I have to commend you on is the attitude, the mindset, the positivity is, it's, it's almost for me, it's like overwhelming to see someone that's so positive on their outlook in life 
and just in a general <laughs> daily you know just i get that feeling but to, f- from the jer- journey that you've walked um it's been hectic i'm saying full of trauma ups and downs probably more downs than ups but how yeah. you can embrace it yeah. to be conditioned to say no matter who i was as you said i was i'm not defined by my past i'm going to yeah. go and create the future that i want and for me that's such a key thing for a lot of people today because that, a lot yeah. of people i can tell you relate to either no, having no father having yeah. no husband being uh, mm. in an abusive relationship being having drugs yeah. or having been mm. a substance abuse failed businesses mm. I mean, I'm I'm already going into six and seven now that you've walked <laughs> that relate to individually, and I mean, you pull yeah. you pull that all together. I mean, mm. how you've managed to come out on top is truly testament that anything you set your mind to, you can achieve. Abs- absolutely, but you know what, Ryan, you raise an interesting point. You talk about the facade, and and authenticity is a. I've battled for a while to define this word because one thing I do want to do is I always want to show up authentically me. But I also want to show up in a way that encourages people and putting the right foot forward, right? Yeah. So so when people and what I want to do is I really want people to know that this is not a facade, right? This is me. This is absolutely me, but I want people to know I struggle. So I'm going to share a story with you. I told you my year got off to a bit of a bumpy start. Now, a lot of people attach importance to calendar days in the year. So the birthday has to be just right. Mm. The new year, we've got to see it in right because how you see it in determines how the year is going to play out. So we attach importance to these calendar days. And I've had a couple of calendar days ruined for me, mm. but I've chosen not to let those memories of those days again define my future, right? So where I was at the turn of the year, I had two massive betrayals on Old Year's Eve. I sobbed for about 24 hours. I sobbed myself from 2022 into 2023. I just cried. You know, when you wake up in the morning and before your eyes even open, the tears are already oozing out. It was that sad. It was that sad. I went through something that hurt me beyond belief. And it was two separate people who hurt me over over this 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 period. Ryan, it took me about three days to pull myself together, but I did pull myself together. I've decided I'm blessing the situation that I find myself in. I've decided to send love to the people that hurt me. Yes, wow. it took time to get there. It took time to get there. But I want people to know that I struggle too, because so many people look at me and I'm aware of this. People look at me and say, but you're so together. You're so positive. How do you do it? And I'm like, Mm. I need you to know that I struggle too. I'm human just like the rest of you. Yeah. I'm vulnerable as well. So to me, that's important. Yeah. It's important. It's important. We're real people. Yeah. It's the human emotion aspect of it as well to Mm. understand that people have to be vulnerable sometimes. But it's in how do we create the systems and support structures to help people when they are the most vulnerable? I mean, that to me is such an important step, but I mean, that again, I mean, that again goes to that you are constantly, no matter, even if you look at it now, I mean, that's, that's quite a Mm. hectic story, but I mean, no matter Mm. the challenges that you've overcome and that, and now all of a sudden things are good, looking good, you've got your own thing. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's a constant, it's a constant, things are constantly changing, as you said, you know, and I think you've got to embrace that as well, that when things go well and then they go bad, you know, it can go, these are things that are all changing. And I think you've got to to condition your mind that when things don't go bad, understand, yes, okay, or at least diagnose it. That's saying, this is is temporary, as you said there as well. Yes, Yes, it took you three days, but you, I could tell you, I'm sure you, when when you were going through this, that um, mm. the traumatic event, you knew that it's only going to be temporary. You kind of said it's not going to be Absolutely. forever. But I think people Absolutely. get tra- people get trapped in the it's going to be forever. And that's yeah. kind of what defines that's them. That's it. Chantal, yeah. I mean, like I said, I wish I could literally sit and you and I could go down the rabbit hole <laughs> the whole day. I think we'd find <laughs> solutions to problems that aren't even around yet. You know, we would solve world peace, my friend. Absolutely. I tell you. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, the journey that I think what, what what's... And what's extremely inspiring for me is the is the first point where we made contact or where I saw where your heart was uh, in helping empower people through their stories. 
And I think yes. that 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 to me tells a lot about an individual because it's something that mm. is a reflection on their past journey where it's been a tough road uh, for the, for them to walk and they want to take the lessons and trauma or the lessons they've learned from the trauma and their def- and, and their failures and help yeah. someone else not make that and that to me was amazing and through our discussion now it's 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 been a true testament that you are an amazing individual man it's freaking awesome and uh <laughs> i think the world needs more Thank people you. like you you know and um uh, <laughs> But well, let's go. Let's go share stories and make some more, right? Yeah, it's absolutely, that <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, I thank you so much for for first of all taking the time. And like I said, your your story is so impactful, and it's just it's just oozing with pleasure. with um, positivity and impact. And I'm like I'm saying, from being able to admit and take responsibility for your for your past and how you can come out such a positive person daily. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's amazing and. I just wish you, you you nothing short of happiness and success for you personally and for Dragonfly. And yeah man, Thank you, let's Ryan. go and change the world one story at a time. Absolutely, absolutely. This yeah. is definitely not going to be the last time we chat. So yeah. I think we definitely aligned in our common purpose. Ryan, it's been such a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.